Hello everyone. I am so excited to be doing this. I've never done a podcast before. I've never been on a podcast before. So this is truly my first time and I am very happy to be doing this. So welcome to the first episode of 2D Kalam. Worn out nib, crumpled sheets, shattered ink pot. scattered thoughts i have no ink to write but i have stories to tell tooty kalam episode 1 a storehouse of stories so welcome to the podcast and i think it's my duty to make you aware of the structure of the podcast so this podcast is actually dedicated to my debut novel crochet and this is where i invite one of my beta readers every week to share their thoughts on the topic of the day of course along with the experience reading crochet so for our first podcast we have one of my first beta readers baba or jayat hello jayat hello nice to be here with you yeah i was possibly one of the first readers of your book right from the inception stage going through the different versions to finally what has come out right now or is going to come out in fact i can't even call you beta reader you are actually the alpha reader somebody has <laughs> read before the beta readers yeah it's been a although it's been your uh, hard work but it's been uh, nice being with you in this journey of how crochet has shaped up thank you so much honor to have you here also you know we'll talk about crochet in detail maybe in the second half of podcast but for today the topic is a storehouse of story now all of us have heard or consumed stories in some way or the other just going to talk about stories it's not about books so we'll start with you jayat so first question to you what do stories mean to you uh it's a easy question as well as i think a very difficult question in the sense that our lives basically revolve around stories so right from our childhood uh we are told stories by our parents by our elders and then as we grow up we some of us fall in love some of us not not some of us all of us make new friends so everything is related to stories stories themselves get attached to feelings and then it's a possibly i won't say it's a vicious circle it's a virtuous cycle i would say stories and feelings intermingling with each other So, so what stories would mean to me is i think uh, stories i think are a reflection of you as a person itself plus as the society as well so that's that's really interesting in fact i remember uh, reading somewhere in sapiens that it's our ability to gossip that makes us humans because no other species can actually gossip so gossips are nothing but stories right it's fiction I think it's part of our evolution and stories and us cannot be really separated. Yeah, absolutely. I think stories are an integral part of human civilization if I can call that. Religion has been talked about for the last 2000 3000 years. If you look at religion something that has survived over the years all these years is nothing but stories. We could call it mythology, we can call it a uh, combination of mythology combination of real people who have come on to this earth but finally it's stories how somebody lived his life his or her life and uh, we draw inspiration from those stories try to emulate some of these people who we think uh, are greater beings or whatever you call it so i think stories are what defines us uh, as a society as an individual and uh, the point that i'm taking away from here is religion is nothing but story so that's eye opening for me so super uh, jayat i think we have somewhat a good understanding of what story uh, means to you what it means to me so maybe we can go to the next question that i wanted to ask you which is the first ever story that you remember reading or hearing or somebody reading it out to you yeah i think uh, one of the first stories i think i remember very vividly or to a great extent is uh, something that was narrated to be by uh, my parents or one of our relatives that was a story of um, i think ali baba and 40 thieves uh, so that was the story that was narrated yeah in 
many uh, Bengali families, that's like something that's Alibaba Cholli Shore, that's how they call it. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the first stories that I can recollect hearing, you know, from people. Wow. Wow. So, one of the very first stories that, you know, I remember would be the tortoise and the rabbit story. I mean, that's how far uh, back I can go. You know, sometimes I felt probably it was better being the rabbit, which is an alternate point of view on the complete situation, but on the complete story. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of the first stories that I remember. And in fact, uh, Alibaba and Potty Thieves is something that, you know, I remember as well. And that was because of that iconic dialogue, Kulja Simsim. That's because I I obviously consumed it in Hindi. But uh, it has stayed with me. That dialogue has stayed with me. So some dialogues and some books are so iconic that they, they stay with you. Any any other stories that you can think of from your early childhood? I think another story, which was, of course, uh, maybe you can call it a short story or it was narrated in the form of a poem, of course, was... And the story about Jack and Jill. Jack going up uh, a hill, fetching a pail of water and all that stuff. So even though it was a poem, so but it was a story about two young people going up and all that stuff. So yeah, I think uh, Jack and Jill and again Twinkle Twinkle, these were the two yeah, famous yeah. Uh, <clears throat> things that we used to, the initiation for most of us into the literary world of poems and all. Yeah. So yeah, those two would also be there, I think, for my early memories. Right. And uh, that is very interesting because, uh, you know, that just opens up a new media for for stories, right? We, we consider movies as stories or maybe short stories and then books, some fiction books, right? All of this is a story, but, you know, even songs and poems can be stories. There are certain songs that are, that tell the complete situation and a story in themselves right and then there's obviously rap which is which is storytelling in a way i feel yeah perfect so let's move on to the next question which is what is your favorite medium for consuming stories do you like to read do you like to watch do you like to listen it can be you know movies it can be shows anything i think uh, the favorite medium for consuming stories i think that has been a dynamic process for me uh, could be for others also as I said, the first story that I talked about was through my ears. It was not through my eyes. So I used to hear it from elders. Then Twinkle Twinkle or uh, even Jack and Jill and maybe Baba Black Sheep to an extent. Those were in the uh, written uh, or the through my eyes it went in. And then the mind starts interpreting things. Then of course the whole books came, movies came. Movies came at a later stage I would say. Uh, when I was growing up, going to a theater or watching a movie was still a very, was something that was not too frequent. We used to watch a few movies on Durudarshan, but that was also limited, I would say. And most of those movies was possibly going above my head, <laughs> given uh, the age that I was. So I think uh, books would be the uh, consumption of medium at that point of time. Over the years, it has evolved. Of course, movies have come in. Once you have your own personal growth, you understand a lot of things from a philosophical point of view as from as well as from a seriousness point of view. Then as you mentioned, Raman, that uh, songs could take the thing of a story. So I think now, uh, I think a primary medium of consuming, primary way of consuming stories would be through your OTT platforms that have come in. Most of us end up watching more shows and movies on OTT than on normal cable television or uh, theatres. So I think over the years it has evolved. So for me, I think because books, I, I like reading books and I like reading stories, of course. And, uh, you know, it has its own charm. And watching something also comes with certain degree of different point of view or perspective, right? Uh, when you look at how a movie is directed you know that's that's really powerful sometimes i think of course writers do similar bring similar sort of a perspective using point of views and the style of writing but i i still enjoy watching shows and watching movies equally much one uh, medium that i really cannot consume is hearing a story yeah even i have not heard uh, you have this audio books right yeah uh, 
though how we are doing a podcast maybe that's not a very nice thing to say uh, but yeah i have not uh, used as you said the medium of hearing a story being in a digital format yeah. of course again it's again uh, so uh, ironical and uh, ironical means as i said i started understanding yeah. or my initiation into stories was through the ears i think for everybody for yeah. most of the people and uh, and now we are saying that we both have not yeah uh, even though we love stories both of us we read we see everything we have not gone to the audio books mode so yeah that's uh, ironical i'd say Uh, you know for me i don't know if it is just with me or if i'm little slow but uh, you know when i hear something i think i i take some time to visualize it whereas when i'm reading i can read it at my own pace and you know give myself the time to ponder upon the sentences that i'm reading watching anyways it's right in front of you as the story is told so it does not matter really so yeah i think that's why probably i do not like listening to stories and prefer watching or reading yeah makes sense as uh, again there are different ways to look at the same thing right people say and even i believe the devil is in the details but sometimes see some picture as in a still photography or a video and even without or listen to a song or maybe even read a whole chapter of a book and uh, you might be left with a feeling about the whole thing right means the details might be confusing might not be confusing the details might actually be saying something else but the whole chapter or the whole song might leave you with a very different feeling yeah i think that's where direction also comes into picture right the writer has written the story but it's up to director how they want to portray the story on the screen right and people can have completely different takes on on the same story and the same story can be told in so many different ways right we still watch movies based on adaptation of william shakespeare's work right and uh, there are so many different adaptations which which for me is completely okay i mean in fact that's what entices me for watching movies because i want to see how the director has consumed it when i have read a book i know how i have understood the book but it's interesting to watch how somebody else has understood it or some, how somebody else wants to represent it on on a screen so that's why i am always inquisitive about watching the movie after wa- uh, reading the book but a lot of times i am disappointed and i tell myself that this is something i should not do but that's again when people say that they like reading more than watching something on screen one is detail of course but other thing can also be that i have consumed it in a way and i want to understand it in this way only when i see something else on the screen i perhaps do not like it that much yeah and i one more thing i think is that the medium of a book is uh, now you are uh, you have written your own novel i haven't written i used to write blogs and stuff but the thing is that when you start writing something you expand things right I mean, a book is not a pressy writing right that you have been given 10000 pages and you need to condense it to 3 pages or 30 pages so a book is expanding new thoughts come in you sleep in the morning you have some new thoughts about some characters you put it absolutely whereas what the movie does is that it's a condensing process no matter how much is there in the book unless somebody is making a thousand episode game of thrones game of thrones kind of a thing even in game of thrones i'm sure many of the things because what i understand is as george r r martin's every book is a voluminous book so i'm sure many details have been had to be typical uh, eradicated or condensed from the book so i think the whole process of putting something on celluloid is a very condensing process which sometimes has brilliant results not everything is bad or good in itself right but i think because it's a condensing process some details are missed out as well as a writer might write a book with a very open interpretation for example the clues you leave in a book might lead me to interpret the book in a certain way some other clue might lead somebody else to interpret it in a different way but what possibly happens in a movie or a series is that 
out of this multiple interpretations the filmmaker has taken one of the interpretations and his whole philosophy surrounds is around that interpretation so you might be missing on a few interpretations that are there in the book so i think yeah overall yeah, it's been similar to what you have mentioned uh, whatever books i have read either before watching the movie or after watching the movie i have always liked the books more so yeah that's how it has been maybe one small exception i could make is godfather by francis ford coppola i think the book as well as the movie are equally good though a lot of details were missed or had to be omitted in the movie it was equally uh, nice but overall i think books somehow edges past any uh, cellular interpretation of that book it's interesting interesting so you know so talking about stories i think one thing about me is i hate watching trailers before watching the movies and i never read the blurb at the end of the book jacket because i want to read it as the writer has written it or i want to watch it how the director has made it without knowing anything about that story before jumping into it yeah. of course i i see the reviews the ratings maybe of by the people i i follow and Yeah and if i if i like it or if i like the reviews i pick it up that's how i generally go about consumption of stories that's an interesting take means i think interesting as well as i think it would be uh, very unique i possibly haven't come across anyone who uh, i myself look at the back page before starting a book or i don't go through all the reviews of movies as such but yeah i think that's a interesting take that you have that you want to consume maintain the sanctity yeah of the book the way the author has possibly interpreted yeah and uh, you know talking about my own novel crochet the most difficult part of writing that book was to write a blurb for the book i just could not you know come out with something which i felt is able to convey the message and that's why i just uh, kept it very very abstract towards the end which is one sentence which i feel sums up the book which is crochet is a story of grace of fractions of halves of twins of dinky dots concentric circles of daisies in gardens and irises in ants so this i feel you know once you have probably read the book you'll read this and i'll be like yes this is the book this one sentence is the complete book but it it's it's a tough task so i don't really want to you know judge a story just by reading the blurb yeah i think not justified to uh, as i say should not judge a book by its cover similarly i maybe we can extend that you should not judge a book by its back cover at least <laughs> So, but i i think at the same time i am guilty of somewhat judging books by their covers i if if a cover matches my vibe i i pick up the book and there are times that some of the covers i've seen on some books are so horrendous that i would not pick up the book just by looking at that cover that's true that's true i think again uh, these are all interesting interpretations and takes right uh, i remember uh, when i was growing up you used to sometimes a few times when i have gone to delhi the whole cp area has those uh, second hand or uh, fake copy yeah, books yeah. right the pictures are never nice there were glossy pictures some low resolution pictures so i have picked up a lot of those books to get them at a cheaper price so i think again again different interpretations right? yeah. means if you but at the same time there was uh, you know this time in my life and i just decided for myself and which was i think 5 6 7 years back 6 7 years back that i am not going to consume pirated stuff and there was this one time i was in china in shanghai and game of thrones new episode leak had come out and everybody was talking about it there were spoilers everywhere on internet and you know i i restrained myself from and there is a temptation right that you want to know what has happened next especially in a in a in a story like game of thrones and you know but i i did not download that i don't know if you can do it or not in china but i did not download that i waited till the actual release date of the episode came because i like this show so much there are so many people who have put in so much of effort in making this i want to respect that more than anything else and for a show that i say that i love so much 
I can do at least this little bit. That's uh, one time where I was tempted to use something pirated or consume it, but I, I did not. I held myself back. That's nice. That's nice, actually. All right, Baba. So for any story that you watch or read, what attracts you to a story? What binds you to the story? Ah, now that's again a very... Uh, I think it will be difficult to give a cookie-cutter answer to this. Different stories or different narrations have different alluring points, if I can call that. So for some stories, it could be the character. For something else, and by story, I mean story, movies, serials, whatever, TV series. Because we have broadened our scope of stories, right? So uh, one could be the characters. In something else, it could be uh, the way it has been directed. In a book, it could be the writer's style, the way somebody is writing in English. Sometimes even that's so lovely. 100%. For example, I am a big fan of Amitabh Ghosh. Not all his books do I like from a story and character and narration point of view. But the way he uses language to move between yeah, timelines yeah. and move between everything. So the language itself is, if I'm permitted to say out here, is an orgasmic kind of a language that he uses. So then you move away from, not away, but you move over the characters. Even if a certain character in one of his books is not behaving sort of in the way you possibly want that character to behave, you start overlooking that. Whereas maybe in some other scenario, the character is what binds you. So I think the answer is, again, very diplomatic answer, very MBA type of answer. It depends. And I could completely relate to you when you're talking about the language. I think the work of the writing style is, or the use of language is very similar to direction when it comes to movies. There, there are times when the stories are not great, but the direction is superb. Similarly, when it comes to books as well, I feel sometimes the language is just so beautiful that you, you stay invested in the book. Absolutely. At least for, for the starting few pages, and especially because I do not read the blurb. The most important thing for me is the writing style. For the first two pages, in fact, three pages, and you get to know. You know, this is what happened when I read Normal People. Probably I have not liked the story so much. But the way it is written, it is it is so different. The use of punctuation, in fact, that's something that I learned from that. Of course, there are set rules when it comes to writing punctuations. But, you know, give yourself some liberty. Treat the pages like a canvas where you want to paint something, right? You want to convey your story and it has to be conveyed. That's the only two things. How you do it is something that is completely up to you. You cannot make blunders, but at the same time, I think playing a little bit around with small things like alignment in my book or one narration, which is first person point of view. I have used a left aligned title and for the rest of the book, which is third person narration, I have used a center aligned title so you you can you can do that and it's it's not written anywhere that we should do something like that but it's there's no place that says that there cannot be different alignments of the title chapters right it, it you might want to convey something with it yeah and absolutely and uh, <clears throat> what i have always believed is that the creation of any creative output again i'm sort of using too many uh, tongue twisters maybe any creative as long as you can <laughs> pronounce them i think all of us are good so any creative process, I think, has three things. I think one is the inspiration. One is the inspiration that is there. Then one is the satisfaction of the creator. And the third is the appreciation. So these three things, I think satisfaction is extremely important. Maybe underrated the way we consume things now. We are the audience. We want a certain movie or a book to be in certain way. But finally, it is a creative process from the makers, right? So... Just as you mentioned, you might have got some unthinkable amount of satisfaction putting something left orientation and right orientation. Correct. Now, any reader might say, Ki, why has he done that? This is visually unappealing. Whatever. So people will have their own interpretations. Yeah. But somebody who has been in this journey for two years, two or three years, whatever time we have taken in writing the book, your satisfaction also should matter most, I guess. So I think... I think more than satisfaction, Baba, it is about me trying to convey something. If there is one person, one reader who comes to me and tells me, you know what, I understood that small detail. I think I'll be the happier. 
for example i'll give you an example the book cover everywhere i read about book covers it said do not have a great cover to your book it's the easiest to miss you know and first i i tried to stay away from gray hmm. just reading that but you know with time i realized that gray is the color that represents my book this is what the book stands for it stands for the grays if just because i think the book would not be picked by the readers or enough number of readers if i feel that this is what represents the book best i think that is what should go on the cover yeah absolutely and i think any other creative process the creator is basically not looking at the selling aspect absolutely that might happen might not happen that's a totally different of course economics do matter so will come to that possibly but the thing is that the whole process of creating something beautiful has got nothing to do with it bringing in absolutely some financial justification if i can call that so i think uh, that's how it is yeah absolutely agree with you there i think you know first do justice to it is what i believe you know rest is uh, at least create the art that you had set out to create and how it is taken by people or how it is consumed by consumers is it's something that is not really in your hands that you should not be bothered about is a interview by ashutosh shana is a one hour long interview he gives to some some fellow poet or something some very beautiful things he says in that so on this point itself interviewer was asking him how does he prepare for a role how what does he put in when he is executing a role so he says a very poignant thing he says that ki main acha kaam karne ka koshish nahi karta main sachcha kaam karne ki koshish karta acha to hona to ho jayega but i have to be true to myself so i think that's what you are saying the author Absolutely. needs to be author or the creator needs to be true to his vision whether or it is or good or not is again varied interpretation like some of i am a big fan of gurudev gurudev during his lifetime was not too acclaimed for the movies he made pyasa kagaz ke all that movies that he has made are now epics but during his time so i think it's all whether it's appreciated financially does well or not are secondary things yeah the main part is being true to your vision of the story i don't know if it is easier said than done because it's only a debut novel where you know i could do that or i i would at least want to and like to continue this till the time i'm creating art or if we may call it art you know yeah do justice to yourself i think rest is okay even if somebody comes tomorrow and tells me that you know your book is bullshit i'll i'll take that but this is the best i could do when i have done it right probably if i look back at the book in 5 years i can feel that there were elements that could have been written better there were things that could have been presented better but right now when i have written this 6 months back from today i think that was the best i could have done then you know there was this time when i was delaying it by a month by two months by six months and whenever i would read it again i would feel oh this is something else that i can do here that's because i have evolved as a person in six months <laughs> evolution is it would not pause right you'll you'll evolve with time so any time you read your work or see your art you might feel there are elements i could have done a little differently but that's just as you said uh, at the start of the podcast that stories are reflections of you or us so that's the story i've told then that shows what kind of a person i am how i think and we have to respect that and leave it somewhere yeah and i think <clears throat> to take a very business alignment to this is that uh, stories are to a great extent like balance sheets right balance sheet is at a point of time whereas pnl is for a period beautiful right so i think a movie that is made or a story that is told at one point of time is the point of view of that creator at that point of time. absolutely even he might evolve over a period or of she. time yeah so if you go to george r r martin he might say the first book that he wrote he wants to make those changes right yeah and so, it need not necessarily be with the story itself it can be small elements some line written in a way anyway so i think a uh, beautiful discussion so far and we will just resume after a short break
back to the second part of the podcast. This part would be mainly dedicated to talking about crochet. Of course, we can branch out, but that's going to be the theme. We are also joined by Dee in the room. So she might chip in when she wants to. Please do. All right. So Baba, first question to you in this segment. Okay, let's start with what are your thoughts about crochet? And let's let's be honest about what we are talking. Let's keep it, you know, like a conversation between us. Hmm. I think about crochet, I have already told you over the whole making process that I have been also decently an integral part of. I have found it to be nothing sort of a masterpiece and I am not saying it because you are my friend and I know you. I have read a lot in my life and if people who are close to me know that I am uh, very frugal when it comes to praising anything. So when I am saying it's really nice, it really is. Characters, the way you have developed it, the kind of language you have used. I was honestly not expecting this maturity of language from somebody who is writing his first book. But I think it's been really nice. It's free-flowing, lucid, as well as there are complex literary elements in your language, which I think is a very good balance. But I think uh, the way you have written the studio, the way the final story has come up, right from the characters, the visualization of the characters. I think when you read, you a picture comes in your mind, right? That element is something the book is able to bring in. Uh, you can visualize the characters. You can feel for the characters. I think feeling for the characters is one of the main things by which a reader gets hooked on to any piece of art. As well as I think the language that has been used. Overall, uh, it's been really uh, touching the way the book has come out. So thank you so much, Baba. I think that's really, really kind of you to, you know, speak of the praises that you have. And it's a little embarrassing for me sitting here. I do not want to cut you short because, of course, it's nice to, you know, hear good about the things. But my question was actually about the story crochet okay. rather than book crochet. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts about crochet, the story? I won't say there are two types of readers, but uh, again, depends on your frame of mind. But mostly, I think readers would love to read something that is thought-provoking, that has some depth. So from that perspective, I think on both these counts, the story is thought-provoking as well as it has a lot of depth in it. So I think that's the basic thing I would say about the story uh, without going into the details. Uh, that it makes you pause and think about the characters, about what is happening in their lives. That, I think, is a very attractive part of the book. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put you in a spot here. Do you remember any scene from the book? Any scene that you vividly remember? Uh, yeah, I do remember a scene. And it's in the initial phases of the book uh, where... Uh, protagonist uh, there is a character called gazelle who uh, system or laptop or desktop i think during a competition stops functioning and he requests the protagonist his help and the way he's mesmerized by her i think that has stayed with me maybe because it's a romantic thing of course that's the lighter part of the book if i can call that things get heavier going forward but i think that image of teenage guy seeing possibly the most beautiful girl he has ever met in his life for the first time and having an interaction with her lost for words, doesn't know what to utter. Possibly all of us have been through that kind of phase at some point of time. So yeah, I think that's something that has stayed with me. No, that's, that's really, really impressive considering how long back you read the book. There is a scene that, that has stayed with you, so I'm, I'm really happy that it has. Perfect. So, okay, let's talk about the characters from Crochet. Let's uh, imagine that, you know, you could go for a coffee with any of the characters from the book and you could have a conversation with them. Which character would you choose to go with and what would you ask them? I would possibly uh, like to take the most beautiful character, Gazelle itself. So... <laughs> The way she's described in the book. And it's just not because of her beauty. That was an enlightened note. I think I'd possibly like to uh, sit down and talk to her because there is a sense of enigma around her. Once you people read the book, you will come to and get a sense of 
what I am talking when I am talking about Enigma. But yeah, and I think that Enigma lasts throughout the book itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's one character who leaves you with a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. Uh, some of her, uh, some of the things she does in the book doesn't logically flow. You end up thinking, why is she doing something like this? Not so for the other characters. There are other characters who are also, you wonder why they are doing something. But she, in, in one line or one chapter or one paragraph, you think that, okay, this is how she will react. Uh, but then she doesn't react in that way. So that leaves you with a lot of questions, a lot of enigma, as well as a lot of, I would say, frustration to an extent. And I think when you, when a character creates frustration in the minds of the reader, uh, the reader would love to clarify those frustrations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's how I think I would love to uh, yeah. Yeah. go on a date with uh, <laughs> Gazal. Perfect. So in fact, Gazal intimidated me the most when it came to writing. I mean, I enjoyed writing Gazal, but, or enjoyed creating Gazal, but I was also scared of her in a way while while writing her. Is there any other character that is a favorite character? Let's leave aside Gazal for a second. Other than her, is there anybody you, you like? Let's say you do not have to go on a date with them, but still, do you yeah. enjoy reading something? Yeah, I think uh, Tahir's father is also an extremely important character in the book. And uh, there are a lot of... So, uh, the most of the other characters that we come across are, as I mentioned in the earlier part of the podcast where like at a point of time right something that is happening to them over a period of a week or a month or maybe a couple of years i think one character that spans decades whose uh, reflection on the story is a reflection of his experiences over long timeline is tahir's father so he he brings a lot of different aspects to the uh, whole story he is a very intriguing, interesting, and if I can say that, oft misunderstood character in this book. Yeah, so I feel our relationship with our parents is like a sinusoidal wave that is never ending. There are times or phases in your life when you are, let's say, young, you, you love them and they are superheroes for you. And then when you hit teenage or adolescence, you you want to be a rebel and you want to, you know, you think that they are not cool enough. And then when you're probably gone out to study, let's say living in a hostel or studying far away from your hometown, that's when again you feel that there is this love and, you know, why did I not spend enough time with them maybe? And then again, when you start working, you start earning and you feel you are the king or the queen and... Like I can support myself and what do they know about? So that this sinusoidal wave with how we understand or perceive our parents, I mean, again, it can be only my view and uh, not necessarily relate with everyone. But I feel that as people age, their relationship with their parents is like that wave. Yeah, yeah, I think it evolves over a period of time as well as I think uh, there is that famous line that that child is the father of the man. I think finally the father is always the father of the man. So yeah, I mean our relationship with our parents is sinusoidal as you said. Sometimes one of us is uh, more closer to one of the parents, the mother or the father. But that's immaterial. I think yeah, it's a relationship that evolves over a period of time. Your life experiences teaches you to respect their life experiences more. And you get the context. Some things that you think in your childhood were unjustified. When you reach a certain age, you understand that possibly they did more justice than possibly you can do at your age. So yeah, that's how it is. Perfect. Any final thoughts, Jayat? Final thoughts again, it's difficult. It's like uh, giving uh, one thought or last thought. There's unending uh, vista of thoughts as far as this book is concerned. Or for that matter, for any book is concerned. I think there are, you can go on spending possibly hours talking about a book uh, and certainly about a book that you have liked. 
so uh, difficult to give one final thought but i think uh, one thought that uh, leaves me with is that uh, again uh, this is something i had heard somebody mention was that uh, people are always so somebody was asking someone in a interview why be uh, internationally or indian audiences why they like the villain in movies so much why is the villain so well remembered so sometimes much more famous than even Absolutely. the protagonist uh, you take mr india everybody remembers mogambo many people might not actually remember anil kapoor was mr india so mogambo is eternal so various other shole gabbar is still possibly more famous than jay or viru so somebody was asking whether why uh, people i won't say hero worship but remember villains so much so the answer that came from one of the panelists was that people are always attracted to characters who are very sure of what they are doing be it negative be it positive so maybe people remember in divar amitabh bachchan's character because he was very sure he was negative that he will do everything required to get rich he doesn't care whether he's doing right or wrong so i think people who are very sure about themselves somehow there is an attraction towards those kind of people having said that the other thing about people being a bit lost in their lives people being vulnerable and their vulnerability showing through people not uh, completely uh, sure of where they are heading to that has uh, while people worship people who are very sanguine or sure about themselves people sort of possibly relate more to people or characters who are not sure about themselves because you might worship somebody but you might not relate to that person for example people possibly will not relate to gabbar or mogambo but they will possibly relate to a jayadvi uh well but being sure also reminds me of fountainhead yeah yeah absolutely howard rock was was so sure of himself yeah absolutely. like he knew at every instant what he is doing yeah. and absolutely he is uh, you know one of the most memorable characters i've read and i'm talking about all books put together yeah. surely one of the most i remembered absolutely so i think my final thought would be that uh, crochet is full of maybe a couple of characters who are very sure of themselves for example we discuss about tahir's father he comes across as that kind of character so there is an attraction that you build for him a lot of other characters are to an extent lost and that brings the human touch to them you relate more to them because most of us have been through unsure times so i think uh, there are characters of every kind in the book some characters you will love some characters you will hate some characters you will relate to some characters you will say kya are aisa to tha college mein hamare sath so i think it's a healthy mix and i think this has happened uh, organically it's not that uh, you were trying to make a masala script so you put in all kinds of characters so it caters to all kind of audiences most of uh, all the characters i think are requirements of the book there have not there are no characters who have been just thrown in just for some for the sake of extra one chapter or something so i think overall uh, different kinds of characters some valuable characters some strong characters that's uh, what my final thoughts are about the book different kinds of characters and i think each of us will possibly relate to one or two of those characters and uh, their journey through reading this 300 odd pages of the book and uh, those some of those characters will remain uh, with the reader just like some of the characters have been left behind so yeah those are the final thoughts I'd say. thank you so much we will end the segment here and we'll be back for the last segment where my beta readers ask me anything that they want listeners to the last segment of the first episode a storehouse of stories so it's time for jayat to ask me a question i think i have given him enough time to ponder about it go ahead baba 
One thing I wanted to ask you Raman was that you have mentioned about the father son relationship I am not assuming anything but uh, most of the creative things that people do are uh, not most again that may be a big assumption a lot is autobiographical right a lot of things people extract from their own experiences and uh, I don't want to know anything about the story as such how much it relates to your personal experiences I wanted to focus more on the biases that one accumulates over the years that you look at a certain community in a certain way you look at a certain strata of people in a certain way you look at some gender in a certain way so so we all have our biases right so when you were writing this book and you've been writing this it's not like a overnight writing you have done you have spent a sizable amount of time writing this book how have you possibly tried to not let your biases that you have accumulated over the maybe 25 30 years of your life how have you tried or have you tried i don't yeah. know it's not how have you tried to see that your own prejudices and biases don't creep into the narrative too much to sway the narrative in a certain way have you tried that that's a beautiful question and the perfect question to end this podcast as well there was one very important advice given to me by my editor she told me that the author and the narrator have to be differentiated properly when you are telling the story you are not raman agrawal it's the narrator who is telling the story it cannot be you if it is me obviously my opinions or prejudice or bias will come into the story as well i can have a character who is opinionated and you know is driven by certain things or believes in certain kinds of things but that's a character that's okay if i develop a character like that but as a narrator let's say if it is a third person pov and that's where you know every time you start writing you have to go in that zone understanding that you are not raman right now it's the narrator who has to tell the story i think it's very similar to when people say getting into a role for the movies and understanding that this is who you are right now who is writing a lot of part of the book substantial part uh, in fact first two acts are written in first person where i had to be completely into tahir's shoes when it is written in first person it is tahir who is speaking the experiences are his experiences when i am telling the story from the first person perspective i am tahir i have to think like tahir and i have to speak or write how he does and i think when you are you know in that zone for quite a while it happens it happens automatically your speaking style all of them start coming very naturally i remember there were multiple nights when i would wake up in the middle of the night with a thought or with a sentence that i feel would perfectly suit tahir in this particular situation you know that's because i think that was not raman thinking at that time that's that's tahir thinking that side of the brain is somewhat twisted on subconsciously as well it was it, you know not very easy to separate myself out of the narrator whether it is first person or third person i have tried i feel now for the first part part of a question where you asked about or told about looking back into your own experiences and putting I think that's very essential if you want a scene to come alive or if you want the emotions of in the scene to come alive you have to draw it from your experiences there were times uh, you know when you know I would do something just to experience it nothing illegal or nothing objectionable but uh, just to experience what kind of what is my body language what what am i feeling where all am i feeling the sensation and uh, there is uh, this line in the book where it talks about air in the elbow pit and when for the first time uh, my editor read it she is like what is this what what is elbow pit and who feels a sensation in the elbow pit so i told her just one simple thing degni that's her name this is what i have felt right i don't know if people feel it or not but when i have put myself or immersed myself into tahir i have experienced this feeling this sensation and i believe tahir has felt it that's why i've written it there so it's important until and unless you feel it can be from your past experiences or can be experiences that you create but it's important to feel the emotions before writing them i feel and you you will get them much better i feel like when you're genuinely happy at the back of my head that feeling is is there always to observe myself what am i feeling when i am happy i think it has started happening after i have uh, started writing but 
you know that subconscious switch is always on where uh, you're trying to consume whatever is happening around you and trying to make sure that you are acknowledging what your body is going through when you feel an emotion because if you do then you can actually do justice to it when you're writing about it lovely way you put things i think it possibly makes the future readers more intrigued about the book is going to be and one thought that's coming into my mind is that in our hindu scriptures we always talk about uh, brahma vishnu mahesh right uh, so even in this you see it's always brahma's name which is taken first because he is the creator brahma is the creator vishnu is the sustenance and uh, shiva or mahesh is said to be the creative destroyer so i think uh, what you have done here play the role of brahma you have created something beautiful now it's up to the readers who will be the sustainer <laughs> and very true and uh, in fact a weird thought comes into my head uh, you know when i was today in the morning posting on instagram and i was looking at moths and you know the symbols i have used moths as his death in the book or you know but there's such a beautiful way of looking at it that an ending is as important as beginning because if something is not destroyed or destructed something new cannot come unparalleled to the book please do not destroy me the reviewers and my readers and the listeners uh, in whichever way you consume it but uh, you know i i feel destruction is as beautiful as creation and with that i think thank you so much jayat for joining me today and having this lovely lovely conversation always a pleasure talking to you but i think i could not have hoped for a better debut podcast so thank you so much jayat for being here thank you raman for having me i hope the book does exceedingly well in my mind it's uh, one of the best books i have read in my life i hope many of the other readers find it as appealing as that <laughs> on that note uh, thank you so much ayat and all our listeners next week we will be back with another episode of tutti kalam stay tuned